Thank you for listening to the weekly messages of New Providence Primitive Baptist Church. To subscribe to our podcast, hear other messages, or learn more about us, please visit nppbc.com. Turn to the 11th chapter, Gospel of John. Two weeks ago, when I thought about standing, my thought was that I'll just get up and not say anything because I didn't have anything. And I continued to pray about it because what we want to do is what God wants, not what I want. When I was a very young man, I was preaching revival in Lee Heights. And they had a big revival and had a lot of people saved in it. And after the revival, I was invited to come over. They were going to ordain five deacons in their church. They invited me to come over. I hadn't been preaching about less than five years. When they got ready to have an ordination service, they went downstairs to meet to set up their committee and whatever it was they do. And he turned to me and he said, Ronnie, you're going to preach the ordination service. And so I got up and did the dead level best that I could. I, I mean, you, you have to be instant in season, yeah. out of season. Right? Yeah. So I did the best that I could. Uh, and I could get up and do the best that I can today. But that's not what I wanted. What I wanted was the Lord to give me something. Amen. I don't sleep much anymore at night. As you get older, you spend more time in bed and less time asleep. And I woke up, Lord woke me up, and he just spoke these words to me. And I'll try my best to give you what he gave me. In the 11th chapter of the Gospel of John. Now, I want to back it up and read one verse because it's important that you know this. This is where Jesus had left, and it says, And he went away again beyond Jordan into the place where John first baptized, and there he abode. Now we're going to go down and start with the 11th first verse. Now a certain man was sick, named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore his sister sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. And when he had heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abode two days still in the same place where he was. Then after that, saith he to his disciples, let us go unto Judea again. His disciples said unto him, Master, the Jews of late sought to stone thee, and goest thou thither again? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in a day? If any man walk in the day, he stumbleth not because he seeth the light of this world. But if a man walk in the night, he stumbleth, because there is no light in him. 
These things said he, after that he had said to them, Our, father, our friend Lazarus sleepeth, but I go that I may awake him out of his sleep. Then said his disciples, Lord, if he sleeps, he shall do well. How it Jesus spoke of his death, but they thought that he had spoken of taking rest of sleep. Then said Jesus unto them, Lazarus is dead. And I am glad for your sakes that I was not there to the intent that you may believe. Right. Nevertheless, let us go unto him. Then said Thomas, which is called Didymus, unto his fellow disciples, let us go, that we may die with him. Then when Jesus came, he found that he had laid in the grave four days already. And that's where I'm going to stop right there. God had his blessing on the reading of his word. And God helped me just to say what he gave me. Let's talk about the fourth day. Now Jesus was 18 miles away. A little over 18 miles a day's journey. Everything walking by journey. And the man came to him and it took that person about a day to get there from the time he was sent till he got there. Now, this gives us a record of four days. Sometime between the time that man started his journey right. and he got there, Lazarus died yeah. because he'd been dead four days. Yeah. Now, I want you to know that there's nothing hid from God, and Jesus knew that. Now, this most of this book of John is about the last week of Jesus. And we're getting ready. Jesus is getting ready to go through three pretty rough days. That's coming up. He knows about that. Now, he retired or moved to the place where he started. You know, that's where he started his ministry, where John was baptizing there in Jordan. Now, we want to talk about, I'm going to talk about the three days, and then I want to very quickly jump down to this fourth day and talk about it. Now, we all know, we, we really practice Lord's Communion. We go into it in a big way. We have three-day service when we have that. And we know that there's three days that Jesus was in the earth. Now, the Bible tells us, or there's three days that uh, we must deal with these three issues. Let me get it right. All right. First thing is death. Now, Jesus on Thursday night, we're starting the Passover, and we're starting on Thursday night. And after that, they had the Lord's Supper and finished all that up. He went into the garden. Now, all of that was in the... First day or Friday. They counted that as Friday. Right. You understand that? Because they start counting at night going into the next night. They don't do like us, starting the day and go to the next morning. Yeah. Now, the reason that I'm bringing that up is that's where Jesus died. Yeah. And in that day, from the time that they had their communion service right. until the very next afternoon, Jesus suffered the wrath of God on sin. Took in himself, in his body, he that knew no sin was perfect. Now you can say whatever you want to about Jesus. I believe he was perfect, entire, wanting nothing. All right? So this perfect Lamb of God 
went to the cross of Calvary, clung to the cross to bring salvation to you and I. Not the stripes on his body. We talk about how he was mutilated. And without a doubt, he was terribly beaten and scorned. And the Bible says his visage marred more than any man. I know that he was a terrible mess. He willingly did that. I tried to picture the moment that they put him on the cross. You know, I know there was a lot of men that were crucified, a lot of women crucified in those days. And without a doubt, they had to bind them and hold them to get them to the cross. But I can see Jesus in that great love stretching out his arms as a lamb is done before his shears. He opened not his mouth, but died. Jesus gave his life. Now, he said... It is finished. Remember the last, though the seven utterances, the last is it's finished. Into thy hands I commend my spirit. And he gave up the ghost. Jesus died. Now, that wasn't the end of it. You see, there's a whole lot more got to be took care of here. Because we're more than just flesh and blood. If we believe the Bible, and I believe this to be true right here. And I believe the Bible, and I believe that part of God lives in us yeah. called the soul. Yeah. And that part is going to live forever somewhere. Yeah. God had a place to reserve people, yeah. to keep people. Right. Amen. And Jesus went to that place just like right. every other man. Yeah. And he went for a purpose. Yeah. Amen. He went for a purpose. Yeah. He come looking, right? I remember I was talking to Gary when we first came in. I was saved just outside this door, about 10, 12 feet, where the church used to be back years ago. And I was talking about it, how different it is uh, now than it was then. But there's one thing that I can tell you beyond the shadow of a doubt, that I know that I met Jesus. And when I did, He changed my life forever. And Jesus came to bring salvation. And he came to defeat death, hell, and the grave. That second day he was there. But on the third day is the most important day of all. And that's the day of resurrection. If he hadn't arisen, he'd just have been another good man gone. Everything that we believe, if Christ be not risen, our faith is in vain. Everything that we believe is in that work. But now, that wasn't the end of it. He stayed about 40 days and he instructed the disciples, and he left here yep. in our hands yeah. Yeah. what we would call a church. Yeah. Right. Now, the importance, and, I, and I'm not to the fourth day yet, but I, I want to get there. The, one of the most important books in your Bible is the book of Acts. Yeah. Now, number one, I'm going to tell you, there's a lot of bad things going on in Jerusalem right now. I ain't got nothing over her. I'm not a Jew. Right. And I don't say that in disrespect. I'm a Christian. Amen. I'm a born-again believer in the church of Amen. Jesus Christ. Amen. I have no home over there. Yeah. Not long ago, I was watching Perry Stone, and he's over there, and he's walking down the street. And they said, what are you doing? He said, I'm looking for the place where I'm going to live in a thousand years. I've not got nothing over there. My yeah. hope is in the new Jerusalem. Amen. God. The book of Acts is a book of transition. Right. When you start out reading, I, I never will forget when I first got saved and I was laying on my bunk bed reading the Bible. 
And it just all of a sudden dawned on me. I was reading about a man named Peter. But now I'm reading about this man called Paul. What happened to the man Peter? Because all of a sudden I just went over to this other guy. Well, you know, we, when we read that book, you start out as a Jew in Judaism. But when you end up in that book, you've left Jerusalem and you're in Rome and you're in Christianity. We're living in the days of grace and mercy, the church age. But this age is coming to an end. The fourth day. Such a day has never been before or will ever be again. Amen. Bless you, Lord. The Bible talks about a day. Yeah. Now, to the Jews, he says this. And, friend, you think about how terrible it is over there now with oh. people that's dying. I know it's terrible. Right, right. On February the 7th, 1987, at 4.07 in the afternoon, I was sitting in my den, and I was working on a subroutine for Fortran programming language. I don't type. And the class that I was in, you know, it was hard for me to keep up with those people that type. So I really worked all this out ahead of time. So I'm sitting in here making preparation. Barbara's in the living room. And she's fired that piano up, you know. She's running up this wall, down that and there. And she's just playing the dickens of the piano. And all of a sudden, boom, it was raining. Just a tiny little sprinkle in February. From my house to Hoyle Taylor's house is about five miles. Hoyle thought it struck his barn. Lightning strike, instant. Well, here I am sitting, not aware of anything, just got my mind all wrapped up one good. And the TV blows up right in front of me. The water heater blowed up. It jumped over on my glass in the living room and blowed out 12 panes of glass. It went across the living room, right across Barbara's head, to the opposite window and blew out five panes over there. In an instant, in a moment, too quick to... To even begin to think, in the twinkle of an eye, everything changed. In a moment, in an instant, when you're unprepared, it's going to come. That day's a coming. It's now. Now, there's some more things I'm going to talk about that day, but I want to give you another instance. Uh, Scott Lane is here with us. Scott was a deacon in our church when we was over in the valley. And Scott had a tumor. I don't know if any of you know this or not, but he had, well, there was something in his head. We know that it's there because we've got a picture of it. He's got a picture of it if you want to see it. And he was struggling. He's really been, he's been hurting for a long time. And I know they don't care to tell you this. Now, one day he was just praying about the thing. Don't tell me you wouldn't be afraid. That was you. That's right. That's right. That's you. You'd be afraid. And he was praying about the thing. And he said, Lord, why don't you take this away from me? And he said, you ain't never asked me. Then he says, okay, Lord, will you please take this away from me in an instant? Boom! 
His head was clear. He said, I heard it. I felt it. He went to the doctor and they looked at it and they said, it's gone. It's not there. Now, there's a reason I'm telling you that and we'll get back to that. Because the Lord is coming back. You know what He's doing right now? Jesus, when He came into the world, He didn't come into the world to condemn the world. In about the 8th chapter of John, you have the woman taken in adultery. We all know that story. That's a story that almost didn't make it into the King James version of the Bible. Almost didn't make it. And the reason was is Jesus didn't condemn the woman for her act. But you understand, he didn't condemn anybody. A lot of times when we talk about judging, you know right from wrong. And you make judgments every day. I always tell this and get a big life out of it. When I was just a tiny little bitty baby, my mama told me, don't put that bobby pin in that outlet because if you do, you're going to get shocked. Well, we got the Bible. And we got the Word of God. And you know what it says? Leave that alone. Because if you don't leave that alone, something bad's going to happen. Well, I can tell you right now, Ronnie White, it knows exactly what it feels like to be shocked. Right? And the problem is that we're all that way. We all are sinners. We fail every day. I have a heavenly gift in an earthly body. But I still act and think like a man. Praise God, when the day of the Lord comes, I'll start thinking like God. Start living like God. Be a different man. There's a good day coming. There's a good day that's coming. But now... What Jesus is doing now is what he always has done. God is the one that's going to say, you can go and you can't. He's going to be the judge. Now, if you all go to a trial, if you've ever been previous to do that, and you sat on a jury, you're going to determine if this person, if that's right or if it's wrong. That's what you do, but you don't condemn. Right? Understand that as a Christian. Because you need to understand there are things that are wrong. Everything's not right. We're living in a world today that every little segregated group pulls off to their self. If you don't believe like I do, you hate me. Now, the point I'm trying to get across to that is there was no condemnation in Christ Jesus. And right now, he's not there to condemn. He's there to plead your case. If you're a child of God. If you're a child of God, what's he doing? He's there interceding. One more point, and then I'm going to move on. Not too long ago, I'm intrigued by near-death experiences. So I I read about them a lot. Then I was reading about this lady who had a near-death experience. And the thing that really impressed her was when she got to heaven, Jesus was there to meet her at the door. And it really humbled her because she thought, who am I that Jesus would open the door for me? But I believe in a personal relationship with Christ Jesus. He is my Lord. He is my hope. Right? And if I get to go into heaven, it'll be Him that opens the door. Yeah. So we realize that what he's doing now is pleading our case. He came into the world as a lamb to die 
Jesus didn't come here to do miracles. I'm not saying he didn't do it. That was not his purpose. You know what his purpose was? To be beaten beyond recognition. To drink the cup of the wrath of God. Against what? Sin. And he that was without sin, the only individual that could, paid the price for sin. Now once that is finished, he's going back to God. And we're in them last couple of days. The days of grace and mercy. And they're being sinned away. Well, there's one of these days, and it's going to be very soon. I really firmly believe this. It's going to be very soon. God's going to say, you're through interceding. The next great event. The next great event that's going to occur in the Christian church is the second advent of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, you remember I talked to you about uh, a bad thing happening about when I was at home and lightning striking all of a sudden. Now, I talked to you about a good thing that happened to Scott. happened instantly. Instantly. <coughs> In a twinkling of an eye, if you're a child of God, you're going to be changed. Yeah. Amen. Right? Yeah. Jesus is coming. And there's going to be two things that's going to happen. When he comes, suddenly he's going to come. And when he comes suddenly, there's going to be a separation. The sheep from the goats. The Bible Apostle Paul, when he's writing about the second coming of our Lord and Savior, said at the voice of the archangel of God, the trump, the archangel of God, the dead in who? Christ. The rest of the dead, they live not. Right. Separation. I was pastoring the church at Pine Top. One of the ladies there said, Oh, Ronnie, I couldn't bear it if I thought one of my children or my grandchildren died and went to hell. You understand? There's going to be husbands and wives separated. Mothers and children separated. Brothers and sisters separated. Separated. Oh, my friend, such a time has never been. Do you know why? When God does something, He does it right. When Jesus died, He died one time. One time and one time alone. When God gloriously saved my soul, He did it one time. He did it right. And He did it perfect. My friend, whenever He comes back to the redeemed of God, there is going to be a shout like you never heard. <coughs> Y'all remember, the, us older people remember the publisher's clearinghouse. Remember the little commercial he used to do for it? They come into this lady's house and told her she won, and she pitched the die dough. I mean, she run through that house hollering and screaming and squalling because she'd won that prize. Well, my friend, listen, there's going to come a time yeah. when mortality yeah, is going to be surrendered out and we will rise immortal. Yeah. Corruptible flesh yeah. will be laid down and we will put on the incorruptible body. Yeah. And my friend, and whenever in Corinthians it tells us this, we will sing a song, a proverb. Yeah. 
You know, a lot of us, we may be living when the Lord comes. What a wondrous thought to be alive when Jesus comes. Do you know why? Because if we're alive, we'll be changed in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, to lead out of this place, singing this song, Oh, death, where is thy sting? Grave, where is thy victory? Because we'll never pass through that. I remember several years ago, I don't believe Ronnie will probably even remember it, Ronnie Christ preached a message about the valley of the shadow of death and how death was but a shadow. And to the child of God, it's not a bad thing. No, it's not. It's just laying this and down and putting nothing new. Yeah, it's not dying. I'll tell you what's bad. Winding up in the pit. That's a terrible thing, right? What I want you to do is to know the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Because everything in this life will fail but Jesus. I will fail you. There's not a minister in the round in the world. We're people and we fail. But Christ never fails. And you can put your trust in Him. And He'll not forget you. But at the voice of the archangel of God, that great day of the Lord... When he comes back, how wonderful it be to be a child of God, right? Yeah. That's good to think about. What's bad to think about is the other people. Yeah. You know, I've watched some people really suffer. A good friend of mine, Raymond Ratley, when I first started Pine Top, he's a preacher down there. When I first met Raymond, he weighed about 230. And when he died, he might have weighed 97. And he had bone cancer, and it was painful, very painful. And I watched him over a period of two years just slowly wither away and how I felt for him. His wife would give him a shot. For about 45 minutes, he'd relax. And it was really another hour and 15 minutes or three hours and 15 minutes before you get another shot, and you'd start seeing him. He'd start drawing up. And he'd lay there and tremble in anguish and pain because there was no relief. Oh, how he wanted that next shot. The doctor told his wife, I said, he's probably not going to die from the cancer. This shot's going to kill him. It's so powerful. It's, just, it's probably going to kill him. Now, the reason I'm telling you about that is I watched him slowly with her way. We went to his house on Wednesday night at prayer meeting. We walked in, and there he was, that gray, ashen color that a lot of you are familiar with, the dark circles under his eyes, see every bone in his body. And he was laying there in that bed. <laughs> and I read the scripture. As soon as I read the scripture, they said, change, come on in him. He sat up in that bed. His face lit up. He went to talking about Jesus. Oh, man, for about 15 minutes, buddy, he preached us a message laying there in that bed. All thorned up. And then you can just see it leave off of it. And you can see him back, enter back into that paint. Now, the reason I'm telling you about that is when we talk about uh, separation from God, Milton says it like this when he describes the gates of hell. 
all that enter herein abandon all hope. Dying and never dying. It's a terrible thing to think of. A vast majority of our world is headed that way. And so many times I think, what can I do? We hear that, you know, I know the concern of Christian people. And I know the love. If you know the love of Christ, you love other people. And you are concerned about that. And I'm going to close with this. Because we're living in this day right now. Have you ever thought about how much money is spent today spreading the gospel? There's a lot of money spent. Right. Spreading the gospel. Yeah. I got involved with uh, Bibles, sending Bibles. You know, they spend lots and lots and lots and lots of money sending Bibles. Do you know how many people there are right now that's laying down their lives in foreign countries to spread the gospel? Right. Right. Willingly do that. Uh-huh. We used to have churches in our land everywhere. And what were they doing? Spreading the gospel of Jesus. <laughs> And it's available to everyone. Free, don't cost you nothing. He stands at the door and he knocks and he pleads. But Christianity is a volunteer army. I'll tell you this and then I'm going to sit down and be quiet. I'm sitting about where Roger Best is sitting in this church over here. Only Jones was preaching the revival. Only preach, and his mouth and throat would get so dry, he'd be foaming at the mouth. He preached a message. I can't tell you what the message was. My baby brother just died. Daddy just got us back in church. And I was sitting back there. Ernest Ledbetter had already witnessed to me on the porch. I really didn't understand all that stuff. Robert Lee brought me up in the woods to carry meat. I really didn't understand all that stuff because I hadn't been in church that much. But I do remember Charles Taylor, Hoyle's brother. He said, I've been watching you, boy. He said, uh, are you saying? I said, no, sir, I'm not. And he said, do you want to be? I think these guys got any sense. No, they don't want to die and go to hell. Right. Yeah. So what would be the logical answer? Yes, I'm going to be saved. But I didn't understand all that. So I made my way. In the old church, I got saved just about right here in the old church, right out there, about 10 foot. I was right along here. There was about, in that revival, if I'm not mistaken, there was 32 people saved during that revival. They had a loudspeaker on top of the church, and it was going out through the whole community. People standing outside, the parking lot was full, you know. Big, yeah. big, big revival. Well, I done everything they told me. Listen, I'll tell you something. I can tell you more than the sinner's prayer. You can say that sinner's prayer. And you can still say it and die and go to hell. Right. Amen. 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 It ain't what you say. I was doing everything they told me to do. I think that's important for you to understand. I can tell you that. And I was doing everything they told me, but I didn't, I didn't get, I didn't say it. And I know that. 
That's the thing about it. I didn't understand a whole lot about what was going on, but I didn't know what I hadn't been saved. So what I did was, and most of you that have heard me give my testimony have heard me make this statement several times. I had people say, get up and confess it, and that's how it worked for them. And I've had another say, no, stay down there. You know, you get all confused. What you need to do is forget listening to me. Right. And start talking to Jesus. Right. That's when things started happening. Yeah. Whenever I went to talking to Jesus. Now, that's, this is a statement that I made. And this simple little statement got me a mansion in heaven. Right. <laughs> a simple little statement. Lord, I don't understand everything. Yeah. That's going on here. I just know that I'm lost. And I want to be saved. But if I die and go to hell, I'm going to die and go to hell trusting in you. And when I made that commitment with him, he made a commitment with me against what? That day. Yeah. When the elements melt, was right, Gary's already read this, melt with a forever heat. Yeah. When things pass away, I'll be safe and secure Amen. with my Lord and Savior, Jesus yeah. Christ, in the new world. Amen. Again, are you prepared if it were today? Yeah. I know we all got our plans. Barbara said, hurry home. I've got to get home tonight. I said, why? She said, I'm baking for tomorrow. And I know that there's a lot of people put a lot of effort in. We're looking for a good meal. You may never put it in your mouth. You may plan on it. I plan on it. But we don't have that assurance because in an instant, in a moment, it could be that fourth day. It could be the day that the Lord comes into the child of God. It'll be like it was when they came back to Jerusalem after being gone 70 years and there was a shout went up there's so much confusion because some of them remembered how it used to be and they were weeping and crying yeah, and some of them were just so thrilled to get to be back at home Amen. the point that I want to get to see is are you prepared for that Amen. it's important that you know that right. you see that's the thing that I know I know that my name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life in the precious blood of Christ. Is your name there? Or is there a blank space? Do you ever think about I, I begin to think about that. I believe there's room in the book of life for everybody. Right. Amen. Right? Amen. And I'm afraid that all of the pages ain't full. But it's not your fault. They're not God's fault. That's right. Because he's done everything godly possible. He made the way free. He sent preachers to preach you the word, sent the Holy Ghost of God to convict you in your heart and to draw you. And when he does, you know what the Bible tells us? We have to have faith. And that's when we step out on our faith and we believe and accept God. Are you prepared for the fourth day? Because it's nigh, even at the door. Thank you, Lord. That's our message. Thank you, Lord. Praise God.